Let's open our Bibles, if we would, to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to continue in our study of faith. And we're studying faith because we've discovered that we're saved by faith. We've discovered that once you're saved, the just shall live by faith. We've discovered that everything that God has for us is received by faith. We've discovered, we've discovered that, that without faith it is impossible, not hard, but impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to go to heaven. Because by faith you're saved. And then you must continue in that faith. And so we're studying what faith is. And there's a, there's a purpose for where we're going with this. And we, we start when we do this. We actually go back to chapter 10, verse 35. Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For in yet a little while, he who is coming will come. Well, if he was coming in a little while then, it's much less, much more little while now. And he will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. This is how we're to live while we're waiting for him to come. The just shall live, conduct our life by faith. But if anyone draws back, God says, my soul has no pleasure in him. But the writer goes on to say, but we're not of those who draw back to perdition. But those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now verse 1 of 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And we've seen in our discussion of that, that what that, we broke that down. And what that it means is this. God is saying to us that in order to deal, there's two realms of existence. There's this natural material realm that, we, that we're so used to living in that's made up of our flesh and of the things around us, the chair that you're sitting in. And because that's the realm that we deal with all the time, that's the realm we see, we feel, we touch, we smell, and, and we hear, that realm is more real to us because we spend more time conscious of that realm. But the Bible tells us very clearly from beginning to end that there is another realm of existence known as the spirit realm. And that is a realm that your five senses cannot detect. But because you cannot detect it with your five senses doesn't mean it doesn't exist. In fact, the reality is it's more real than this realm that you do detect with your senses. And we discovered that when we're born again, the spirit man of you, that man is born out of that other realm. So the real you, who you really are on the inside of you, is a creature from that other realm, living in a body that consists of this realm. And so how do we bridge this gap? How do we function in this realm operating conscious of that realm which, is where our, which affects our eternal destiny and how we conduct our life? We also saw that everything that exists in this realm first of all existed in that realm. God calls it out of that realm into this realm. And so we saw that the purpose of faith is what allows us to walk around in this natural realm aware of that realm and having the same confidence in the things of that realm that we would have if we could touch them, see them, feel them, and hear them. So the goal of our, of our walk is to go to heaven, right? How many want to go to heaven? God's watching. 
He's watching who doesn't put their hand up. <laughs> he took a picture. <laughs> well, why do you want to go there? You've never seen it. It amazes me that the most important issue that a human being can ever have, we spend the least amount of time thinking about and working towards, which is where you're going to spend eternity. We get so caught up in the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years we have of this life. And it's wonderful to have that 90 years or whatever time you end up having. But it goes like that. It's nothing. And when you come to the end of it, as I look back now, about to be, soon to be 65, and I look back and realize, where did it go? And I remember things when I was 21. I mean, we got married when I was 21. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go back and be 21 again either. I'd like to go back and know what I know now and have the energy and the hair and, you know. <laughs> but you look back and you say, where, where did it go? And then you begin to project forward. And so we need to learn to live our life more conscious of that realm than we are of this realm. Now, how can we do that? And we have to, but God wants us to do it with confidence. So many Christians are speculating or guessing about heaven, speculating and guessing about what God's like. And God's given us a book to tell us what He's like. God wants you to have certainty about Him, God wants you to have confidence about Him and about who He is and what He'll do so that you can trust Him. And the means by which we have that confidence is faith. So that we've established that from God's word in chapter 11. And then we went on and we looked and we looked last time at, 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 uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verse 7 we talked about for we walk by faith and not by sight. We talked about what that meant. And the word sight there doesn't literally mean our physical eyesight. It means by appearances, by the way things appear to our senses. And that makes sense now when you understand that faith is what allows us to have confidence in this realm of things that are true in that realm. The same measure of confidence as if we could touch it and see it and smell it and wrap our arms around it. In fact, you can grow to the place where you have greater confidence in what's in that realm than you have in what's in this realm because that realm doesn't change and this realm does. So you can have your arms around your 401k today and it's gone tomorrow. But you get your arms around God as your source today and He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, I am the Lord God, I change not. So you get your arms around Him as your source, the arms of faith around Him, then it doesn't matter what happens to your 401k or 403b, it doesn't matter what happens to the stock market, up or down, what banks rise and what banks fall, it doesn't matter. Could you have put your arms around the eternal living God who is your source, who never sleeps and never slumbers, who is never tired and never worn out, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. You wrap your arms around Him and nothing can shake you. 
So you can have walk with, an, with, a, with a walk of certainty and faith. And that's how God wants us to walk. With confidence. But to do that, you can't walk by how things appear. You have to walk by faith. Now turn with me. We're going to go to the next level. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. We've talked about this before. But we're going to break down faith again a little bit more. I shared a little of this, but, but this last night at, during prayer. Verse 12, Mark 11, verse 12. And the next day when they had come for, out of Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar off a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it to eat. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And look at the next line, and his disciples heard it. Now he goes into the Jerusalem, and he drives the money changers out of the temple. And then verse 20. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree, and now when they saw it, it was dried up from the roots. Now let's think about that a second. If you were to go to a fig tree or any other kind of tree and you were to inject in its roots poison, the tree would die. But it would take days, weeks, perhaps longer than that, for you to begin to see the effect of that death on the tree. But here, the next day, they're walking by and they see the tree they see it dried up from its roots. I get this mental picture that it's just fallen over, shriveled up. Something supernatural has happened to it. Simply because Jesus said, may no one ever eat fruit of you again, and then walked on. And now Jesus is going to take what's happened as an opportunity to teach them something about prayer and about faith. And that's what we're going to listen in on. There's a private teaching between Jesus and his disciples about faith. Verse 21. And Peter said, remembering, remembering that what Jesus had said, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And Jesus answered and said to him, Have Faith in God. That is so simple and so profound. Have faith in God. And my question to you tonight is what is your faith in? We're Faith Christian Center. So by our name, one of our purposes is to be a center for teaching faith. And from its beginnings, that's what this church has taught. But let's think about what Jesus is saying here. Jesus does not just say, have faith. He does say somewhere else, he said, when I return, am I going to find faith on the earth? Yeah. 
But here he's teaching his disciples a very important lesson because they're asking him basically, how did this happen? We heard you speak to this tree and we come back the next morning and it's all shrivel up. Something happened between yesterday last night and this morning. And Jesus' answer is to teach themselves. And his key is this, have faith in God. Faith cannot exist by itself. Have faith, brother. You can't just have faith. Because faith means to trust or believe what someone has said. So someone has to have said something for you to believe. Faith has to be in something or someone. When you came into this room tonight, you had faith in that chair. Not just in the chair, but in something about the chair. You didn't have faith that it was a blue chair. That's something about the chair, isn't it? It's color. You didn't have faith about because you could see that. Now, if, the, if it was dark and you walked into here, I could say, how many of you believe the chairs are blue? And most of you, because you've seen them before, say, I believe the chairs are blue. So now you have faith in the color. But that doesn't do much good, does it? So what about the chair did you have faith in? That it would hold you. I hope that's what you have faith in. <laughs> and I know you had faith in it because you proved you had faith in it because you acted on what you believed. Now, this is, sounds very simplistic, but there's a, I'm breaking it down for a reason. There are a number of things about that chair you could believe. You could believe about its color. You could believe about its materials. So one of the things you could believe about this chair is that it's made of aluminum and whatever the cloth is. You could believe that it's soft or it's hard. So there are different things about the chair you could believe, but those don't have much of a practical effect for you. But the one thing about the chair that is important that you could believe is what? That it will hold you when you sit in it. Now let's take this over to what Jesus is talking about. Because he must be talking about something about God that he's telling us to have faith in about God. Because notice, first of all, he doesn't just say have faith. Faith has to be directed towards something. And the more specific it is, the stronger the faith. So if I were to ask you tonight, what are you exercising your faith for? Well, I'm believing God that, I might, that, that things are going to get better. How do you measure that? You can measure whether the chair holds you or not. But Jesus is telling them there, don't just have faith, have faith in God. But he goes on, he doesn't stay there. He's now going to tell them something about God to have faith in. So what does he go on to say? Have faith in God. See, we read through these too quickly. 
I mean, I know this backwards and forwards. I've quoted it in prayer so many times. I don't usually, I'm not saying it's wrong to do this. The, the scriptures that I have committed to memory are because I've said them over and over again. Usually in prayer, praying them back to God. Verse 23, For verily or assuredly I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will or shall have them. Now what is that telling us about God that we're to have faith in? Well, we've already looked in Hebrews 11, verse 6, when it says, without faith it's impossible to please God, because then it goes on to say, for in, order to please, for, for in order to come to God, you must believe that He is. And we talked about that. That He really exists, and He's there for you listening to you. And the second thing is that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. In other words, not only will He hear you, but He'll answer you. There's no greater way to develop a relationship with God but, but, than by having you make a request to Him and He answers it, and He answers it in such a way that it could be nothing else but God. Yeah. So therefore, if you go and speak to... Now, you know, I remember when we first started to learn some of these things 30-some years ago. I started to take my faith and exercise it for a headache. And it went away. Praise God. Oh, glad it went away. But then I was never sure whether the headache went away because I asked God or it went away just because it would have gone away on its own. Anybody ever been there? I'm glad it went away. And, you know, and I, I, you know, I, I just cho I chose to believe it was my faith that did that. I know, I'm learning things tonight along with you. I've never, I never seen this before, and I've ne I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Jesus is teaching his disciples something. And he picks something to tell them they can do that there is no other possible explanation for other than that God did something because they spoke. Yeah. Never saw this before. Jesus doesn't say, have faith in God and the next time you have a headache, speak to the headache and it'll go. Because there's always that question, well, maybe it was the two Tylenol I took also. <laughs> I mean, I've had headaches before that just went on their own. But I've never in my life spoken to a mountain and told it to get up and go over there and go in the sea because I gave it two Tylenol. <laughs> or just time passed long enough. He picked something that could only happen because when you opened your mouth, God backed up what you said. Amen. Now you say, you know, yeah, he's just using this as kind of a, you know, a hyperbole, you know, an, an exaggeration. No, I know of a church that it happened to. I don't know the church personally, but I've heard the testimony. They were building a church, and they needed, to, they, needed, they needed ground behind them, and they were buying this land, and there was this huge mound there, like a small mountain. And so the pastor decided to take this verse and go out there and stand on it. So he went out there, 
And they congregation, they went out there and they spoke to that mountain. They told it to be taken up and cast in the sea. And shortly after there, someone came along and bought the dirt and took it for fill. And it didn't cost them anything. Coincidence? I don't think so. You couldn't convince them it was. And then he goes on to say, whosoever, notice this word. He's got 12 disciples all listening because they've just seen this. And notice the beginning of what he says. Whosoever. Whosoever. He doesn't say, you disciples. He doesn't say, the man or woman of God that stands behind the pulpit. He says, whosoever. That's a condition. In other words, he's saying, it's up to you. It's like you go to a buffet. They lay the food out, and assuming you've paid the price to get in, or, or an invited guest, the food's laid out there, and they'll basically say, whosoever wants to eat this, here it is. It's up to you whether you eat or not, and how much, <laughs> unfortunately. It turns the choice back to us, and it doesn't put a limit on who can do it. Notice he didn't say only the men. Notice he didn't say only the experienced Christians. Now we're, remember, we're learning things about God that Jesus is telling us to have faith in. One word, whosoever, tells us something about God. It tells us that God is not holding anything back. Keep your finger there and go with me to Romans chapter 8. One of my favorite verses. Jesus said, have faith in God. We're looking at what about God are we to have faith in? What about God are we to trust that we can't see with our senses, but we're to believe in and have confidence in? Romans 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? This tells you something about our God's character and nature. And Paul is saying, think about this. If he didn't hold back the most precious thing he had, his only begotten son, and if you read earlier in verse chapter 5, he said, while we were yet his enemies. If he didn't hold his own son's life back, while we were his enemies, but he freely gave him in our place, why would we think he would hold anything else back that he has? In other words, if you turn it around, Paul said, I learned this about God. 
He's holding nothing back that he has. Whosoever. So God's laid it all out on the table. But it's whosoever will that enjoys it. It's whosoever will receives it. Ephesians chapter 3. We're looking at what about God are we to have faith in. One of my, this is my favorite prayer in the Bible. I pray this all the time over my wife, my family, me, you. So be careful. I pray this over you. Verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. To listen to these words. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened by might in, with, through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts and it's going to take faith to believe that, through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God. Now that's beyond my ability to grasp, but look at verse 20. Now to him... And we're looking about what God is like, what we're to have faith in about Him. This is one of the things Jesus tells us to have faith in Him about. Now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. What is God willing to do for you? It begins where the end of what you can ask or think comes. When you run out of what you can think of and when you run out of what you're bold enough to ask for, that's where he starts. So God's, not, God's desire for you is not limited. Oh, I've never taught this before. God's desire for you is not limited by what you want. Whoa! God's desire for you is not limited by what you believe. God's plans and desires of what he wants for you are not limited by what you're capable of imagining and thinking of what God will do for you. Because when you come to the end of what you can think or what you can imagine, that's when he begins. Now notice he's, how he's able to do that. He's able to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. So you've got to learn to have confidence not in what you think. Confidence and not in what you understand. Confidence and not what you may have been taught. But you need to have confidence in what the Holy Spirit wants to show you. Turn to 2 Cor 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Whoa, am I excited. <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Oh, Lord, give us time. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Another one of my favorite scriptures. But as it is written, verse 9. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor is it entered into the heart of man. Nor is it entered into the heart of man. No, eye has not seen... 
Eye has not seen. So don't measure what God has for you by what you've seen. Ear has not heard. So don't measure what God will do for you by what you've heard. Well, I don't know because brother so-and-so tried that and he failed. That's something you heard. Don't measure what God will do by what you've heard. Don't measure what God will do by what you see. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into your heart all that God has prepared for those who love you. All right, then what do we do? Are we stuck there that God has dreams for you far beyond what you can begin to imagine, but we can't have them because we can't imagine them? Oh, no, God's made provision for that. Look at that provision. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Look at this. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the depths of God. The I've talked to you about this before. The Spirit of God tonight that lives in you is also the Spirit of He's God's Spirit. His job is to search down to the depths of His heart, His intentions towards you, His desires towards you, His dreams towards you, His willingness to do for you. The Spirit of God gets way down inside there like my granddaughter daughter does in an ice cream dish and digs out all the land parts and then look what his job is to do once he's done that out for you and that the, yes even the deep things of God for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God verse 12 now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God why that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God Have faith in that God who's not sitting in heaven tonight trying to find out how he can withhold from you what you're crying out for. That's the image religion has of God. We've got to jump through the right hoops, put the right levers, do all the right things. And God's sitting there hoping you don't do all of those because if you do, then he's obligated. But he really doesn't want to. That's not the God Jesus was teaching his disciples about. Notice when he spoke to them and said, have faith in God, he didn't even tell them to go pray. He said, you just open your mouth. And you speak to that mountain and tell it to be cast in the sea. And as long, We'll talk about this later. As long as you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe what you said will come to pass. Why? Because you have faith that God will back up what you said. God will do exceeding abundantly beyond all that you can ask or think according to the power of the Spirit who is in you. His job, first of all, is to show you that God, what God has for you that begins at the edge of what your understanding is. And then the power to bring that about in your life comes from inside you now. The Spirit of God who's in. So you don't have to call it down from heaven. Isn't that what Paul said in Romans chapter 10? Don't call it down from heaven. Don't call to bring Christ up from hell. How? Where is faith talk? The word is nigh you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That's how you got saved. And that's just a doorway in to all God has for you. 
and once for you. Have faith in that God. Have faith in that God. I've been doing that now. If I wake up and then I just roll that over my mind. Have faith in God. Have faith in the God who will do exceeding abundantly beyond all that I can ask or think according to the power that works in me. Well, verse we didn't get to tonight, but have faith in God. 1 John 5, 14 is 15. If you ask anything that's in accordance with his will, anything, anything that's in accordance with his will. Well, how do I know if it's in accordance with his will? It's in your lap. He hears you. This is the God I have faith in. A God that hears me when I ask anything that's in accordance with his will. He hears me. How do I know he hears me? He said he does. That's why we don't walk by appearances. I can't look up and see him down through the, 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 the ceiling of my bedroom doing this. I have to believe he's listening to me because he said so. That's why without faith it's impossible to please him because in order to come to God you must believe that he's listening. Have faith in that God. Have faith in that God. Have faith in that God. If you ask anything that's in accordance with his will, anything, he hears you. And this is the next verse, verse 15, tells you something about him. And we know this, that if he hears me, I have the request. Like a grandparent. Make a request to grandma, you got it. Our grandchildren have confidence. My, my, for a, through a situation, my, uh, my granddaughter was still here at the end of school, so my, mother, my wife, Anita, was here. So she called her mother and says, can I take her home? And, and she said, fine. So they're walking out of here, and I could see a smile on little Emma's face because I knew where she was going to ask Grandma to take her because she had confidence that if I ask Grandma, she hears me. And as long as she's heard me, I know I got the requests I've made known to her. And sure enough, I came home, and they'd been to friendlies. <laughs> and I had every confidence they would. Why? Because our little six-year-old granddaughter knows something about her grandmother's heart and disposition towards her. Therefore, she has faith in her grandmother, of what she'll do. Yes. The proof of what you believe about God is in what you do with him. We're going to learn that next time. Do I come to him with a real request? See, we say prayers, but then there's real prayers where it comes out of your heart. I mean, I'm in, you know, I need this. This is nice to talk about it, God, but they're showing up tomorrow. I, I need it now. The mountain gone, you know, all that now. There's a psalm somewhere, David says, I know you're there somewhere, but I need it now. <laughs> it's not in quite those words, but I've prayed those prayers, and I've watched God come through. Faith in God. So the proof is what we do. The other sign of it is we give God such a general, broad prayer that there's no way he could miss it. But it doesn't build any faith. Oh, God, save the world. 
What if you go into a store and the clerk says, what do you want? How specific are you? Well, I don't know. I want something good. Bless me. Oh, bless me, clerk. They're just going to look at you, aren't they? They can't answer that. Oh, God, bless us. God said, I'm trying to. Tell me what you want. But see, we do that because we don't have confidence that if we're really specific, he'll give us what we ask. But we can grow in that confidence, and we'll learn how to do that next time. Faith in God. Have faith in that God.